This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Signal, Episode 5, Ward 6. I'll take it from here. Oh, I I didn't see you there, ma'am. She's not authorized to be on this floor. I'll handle it, soldier. Please leave her to me. Yes, matron. (sighs) Sonic booms. We hear them all the time up here. Nothing to be alarmed about. Stand still a moment to catch your breath, dear. (sighs) Thank you. I guess coming on the heels of the air raid siren. Yes, the disturbing chorus of a bombing raid. Put a lump in your throat, doesn't it? Even though you were probably too young to remember the war. I was a child then, but I've heard tales. My uncle served in the Navy, in the Pacific. And your father? He had rheumatic fever as a boy. Ah, weakened his heart. That's what the town doctor said. He died when I was 15. My mother followed him soon after. I think the stress of caring for a sickly husband in the farm weakened her heart. Or at least her resolve. You would be surprised how many orphans find nursing to be a rewarding profession. Oh, I'm not a nurse yet, matron. I'm just an apprentice laundry girl. See? I deliver fresh linens to the wards. It never hurts to have aspirations. Yes, aspirations are as free as our country. There. Better now? Yes. A little better, thank you. It's Rebecca, ma'am. As that young soldier indicated, this ward is off-limits to all but authorized personnel, Rebecca. That's what the signs on all the stairwell doors say. Yes, ma'am. I see that now. I got a bit frazzled during the air raid test. It was so loud. Gosh almighty, I must have shot up the stairs instead of heading down. (laughs) Understandable. You better be on your way now. Ma'am, I was wondering if I might visit the children in the ward. You know, like a candy striper would. Sing songs, read to them maybe. Lift their spirits a bit. Children? Who told you there are children up here? No one in particular. I just heard, or I thought I heard. This is a government hospital, not a pediatric facility. I know. I thought maybe military personnel dependents came here for medical care. I must have heard wrong. Ward 6 is a psychiatric ward. Oh, but it's so quiet up here. You expected screaming? I guess I did. We have been quite successful here at quelling outbursts. Now, I must be- Oh, oh, ma'am, 
Oh, I'm suddenly feeling a bit faint. Whew, too much excitement for one morning. That must be the reason. When that soldier drew his gun, my heart truly leapt like a bullfrog into my throat. Oh, I still feel it pounding in my chest still. Pardon me, I'm not usually such a scaredy cat. I'm so sorry. May I sit down here for a minute or two? I can't leave you alone, Rebecca. Well, maybe you could set a spell too, matron. Here, beside me. It's so peaceful here in this corridor, and you have such a common way about you and such fine carriage. Like one of them lovely debutante girls who graduated top of her class at Miss Verbena's finishing school, back where I come from. Or like a royal personage, if I'm not being too familiar. You do resemble the Queen of England a bit, ma'am, if you don't mind me saying so. Only blonde. Same good facial bones, a steady gaze. No shrinking violet, no ma'am, that you are not. <laughs> now, I I'm just a simple country girl, so I don't know much, but I was raised to respect the authority of my elders, especially those of obvious good character. I find comfort in the companionship of such women. Like I said, my mama passed before I was a proper woman and I seek role models where best I can. Well, I suppose a brief respite is not out of order. As quiet as a grave up here. As peaceful as reclining under a weeping willow by a stream. Well, except for the odors. Rubbing alcohol, boiled cabbage, and laundry starch. I reckon most hospitals smell the same. When I first come on shift in the morning, it's the pungent smell of urine that greets me. To be expected, I suppose. At least until the bedpans are emptied. But surely not a pleasant way to start your day. Phil, if you... You're about to tell me how the patients are kept so quiet, ma'am. To share your expertise. Is it with sedatives or psychiatric drugs? I mean, I don't really know much about pharmacy pills and all, matron, other than a story I heard about a neighbor back home, Old Lady Pritchard. Poor old dear thought she was a witch, like one of them unfortunate women from Salem during Puritan times. Well, when Tom Bledsoe's fields went fallow one year for no good reason, a bunch of folks in town, men mostly, had the idea to throw old Lady Pritchard into a retaining pond to see if she'd float. Apparently, witches float while godly folks sink like a stone. I don't exactly know why. Indeed. Well, she sank soon as she hit the water, and Randy Saltry had to dive in and pull her out, so right then and there, her claim of being a witch pretty much went up in smoke. But a few of the clansmen in town still thought burning her at the stake would be a good idea, seeing as she'd already confessed to being a witch and would probably do so again. Hmm. A fabulist. An attention seeker. She heard voices in her head, ma'am. Talking a blue streak night and day, apparently. Ah, schizophrenic, then. Yes, ma'am. How would you know that? That's exactly what the fancy doctor from Wichita said when he paid a visit to our local clinic. He gave old Miss Pritchard some kind of pill, and it helped, but then she refused to take it, and... Well, she started having spells again. Indeed. Drug therapy is relatively new. And the effectiveness of psychiatric drugs is dependent upon reliability of those administering them to the patient. 
The patients themselves certainly can't be counted on to be responsible for their own treatment. Even in a hospital setting, sustaining a therapeutic drug regime is problematical. Staff turnover, I know. Curse of our modern age. Sad to say, but a lot of folks these days don't want to do honest work. That's how I managed to get a job in the hospital laundry so quick. To tell you the truth, I would gladly scrub toilets in a leper colony in exchange for a day's honest wage. Lazy pigs. You are a rare bird, Rebecca. Leucotomies. That's our little secret here in Vault 6. Are you talking about lobotomies, ma'am? Indeed. A leucotome is the surgical instrument used these days. Lobe is from the Greek. It means to cut or to slice. So, it's either the tool or the act itself. Both terms are correct when referring to the psychosurgery procedure. Way I've heard it told, ma'am, lobotomies are truly a godsend. Indeed. The neurosurgical treatment of a mental disorder is a permanent solution, Rebecca. Not a pharmaceutical temporary fix. And lobotomies work equally well on men as on women. As effective for adults as for children as young as the age of seven years old. Goodness gracious! Imagine that! Yeah. I bet you didn't know that between the mid-thirties and 1951, almost 20,000 lobotomies were performed. I'm proud to say I assisted on close to a thousand myself. Here? Or back in Germany, ma'am? Your accent, I, I didn't mean to presume. You have a bit of an accent yourself, Fräulein. Yes, ma'am. Texas born and raised right up to age 15. We all come from somewhere else these days, don't we? My lord, though, ma'am. You actually assisted in psychosurgeries? You had to have been the first woman ever to do so. Oh, I don't know about that. The procedure itself is actually quite simple. I heard tell the doctor who pioneered it practiced in his own kitchen with an ice pick and a grapefruit. <laughs> Lovely image, that. Yes, the surgical instrument first used prior to the leucotome, which, come to think of it, is like another kitchen implement, the egg whisk, is an obitoclast, which does rather resemble an ice pick. And then what, ma'am? Well... I have always found electroconvulsive shock to work quite handily to render a patient unconscious, even more quickly than conventional anesthesia. Then, it's a matter of simply lifting the patient's eyelid and placing the point of the <laughs> ice pick against the top of the eye socket and using a wooden mallet to drive the tool into the thin layer of bone and into the brain along the plane of the bridge of the nose. Then, cut, swish, cut, swish, cut, swish, cut, swish, until all connections between the prefrontal cortex and the rest of the brain are severed. Goodbye, mental disorder symptoms. And goodbye, intellect. Goodbye, personality. Goodbye, spontaneity. Goodbye, self-awareness. Goodbye, societal pariah. A permanent solution. Permanent solutions. Yes, you Germans do favor permanency. Like the purge of the physically disabled during the war, along with the simpletons and the mentally ill and the homosexuals and the gypsies and journalists, outspoken critics of the Third Reich and the Catholics and, of course, the Jews. Did anyone ever tell you you would be much more attractive as a blonde? 
I don't know about you, Rebecca. Isn't that a Hebrew name? But I prefer a world where the trains run on time and where the clocks in the town square are accurate to the second. Rebecca's in the Bible, ma'am, in Genesis. You asked, so I will tell you. I prefer a different world altogether. One that is filled with good people who don't look even a bit like me and whose lives and face do not necessarily mirror my own. How thoroughly modern of you, dear. For at least a millennia, mankind has practiced trepanning, drilling holes into skulls to release evil spirits. And mankind has practiced genocide even longer, ma'am. But that don't make it right. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Do you smell smoke? I do not smell smoke. I do. Oh, Lord, there's a fire in the building. There is no such thing. Fire! Fire! Ron Matron, save yourself! Don't touch that! Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm sorry about that, Mr. Swan. False line. there's nothing to worry about. It happens from time to time. The building is old and a bit creaky underneath the new paint. Requisition during the war and it turned from an old folks home into a state-of-the-art government hospital. Shiny at the top, but the wiring beneath leaves much to be desired. <laughs> I can assure you a hospital's administrator's work is never done, never done night and day. Not a problem, I'm not a federal inspector from D.C., so please relax, Dr. Foley. Cigarette? I don't mind if I do. Bella Morcano, this is an off-brand, I haven't had one of these before. I am a Chesterfield man myself. Well, you said you are with the Intelligence Services? I didn't say. Mm, not bad. They're Russian. Really? I wasn't aware communists had the capacity to savor the simple pleasures in life. I expect all humans are pleasure seekers to a certain extent. Socialists, capitalists, anarchists, hedonists, John Birchers, friends of Bill, even communists. For the latter especially, how much so is dependent upon the allocation of resources. Equal distribution of wealth. What poppycock? Poppycock. Bootstrap Americans work like dogs for their own wealth. A chicken in every pot. An earned chicken dinner. Not dropped in the pot by Uncle Sam like mana from heaven. I fear with this upstart Catholic Democrat in the White House will soon become a handout nation. Brother, can you spare a dime? The Great Depression was a fluke, Mr. Swan. Chances of such a catastrophic economic downturn happening again are minuscule. Minuscule. Your family's company emerged quite well from those lean years, sir. Cheaply made lye-based soap products target marketed at the once working class. Profits rose. You managed to attend Harvard Medical School on the proceeds, I believe. 
Perhaps it's second nature to disparage the poor when you come from wealth. Everyone still needed soap. That suit you're wearing costs more than an average factory worker's monthly pay package. So I've been told. You must likewise come from wealth, Mr. Swan. Family money? I'm not from around here. Now, you were saying? Was I? Before the fire alarm. The Frey effect. Ah, yes. A name for the groundbreaking article which will be published next year in the Journal of Applied Physiology by renowned neuroscientist Alan H. Frey. Entitled Human Auditory System Response to Modulated Electromagnetic Energy. Yes, I'm familiar. You've read it already. I too received an advanced copy. But I'm eager to hear your interpretation of Frey's findings. Well, certainly then. The Frey effect describes the human perception of audible clicks or even speech induced by pulsed or modulated radio frequencies. People who can hear radio broadcasts inside their heads without any electronic receiving device. I believe they're referred to pejoratively as radio heads. Yes. Fascinating, isn't it? Popular belief holds that those afflicted are picking up radio signals in the metal fillings in their teeth. <laughs> that is truly one of my favorite of the outlandish series. Crude but vivid. A good excuse not to visit the dentist. Other crackpots claim that the sounds and voices heard solely inside a subject's head are the result of new technologies used by government agents as a form of mind control. You're a government agent, Mr. Swan. Is, is that something you have available to you in your toolkit? I don't need to resort to technology to bend a subject to my will. Uh. <laughs> Frey postulated that this ability, or affliction, was the result of thermoelastic expansion of the vascular network of the inner ear, which are basically swollen and enlarged veins in the head resulting from the bombardment of microwaves and unceasing radio frequencies. Do you concur? To a limited extent, yes. Th though our current working theory is that the sound generated inside the cranium is also transmitted through holes. Holes unique to a receptive individual between the cranium and the inner ear. Specifically between the vestibular aqueduct, the cochlear aqueduct, and the perivascular perineural spaces. How can you know this? Excuse me? How have you managed to reach this conclusion? By... Conducting autopsies, of course. Uh, lawful autopsies here in the morgue. Here we have a state of the art. Radioheads are rare in the general population. How do you come so readily by enough subjects to reach the conclusions you have? We have, shall we say, a robust psychiatric wing here. Ward 6. For those afflicted with the Frey effect because they present with auditory hallucinations. It stands within reason that they are often initially misdiagnosed as having delusional disorders. My sources tell me you offer a bounty for such patients. Cash, no questions asked. A solution to a cash-strapped family's burdensome mentally ill relative. In the name of science, Mr. Swan. 
Here, our patients receive good medical care. Three meals a day, a warm bed to sleep in. For God's sake, man, they're not forced to live like filthy hobos under bridges. Do you provide each patient with his or her own radio for entertainment purposes? What? Maybe a shortwave radio, like that one behind you on your bookshelf. Turn it on, please. That's my personal radio. It's not for patients. Turn it on, please, now. You needn't draw a firearm, Mr. Swan. I find doing so hurries matters along. As you wish. I don't see how my personal hobby... I want access to all your patients experiencing auditory hallucinations. Well, that won't be possible. I mean, even if you put a gun to my head, sir. And why is that? They've all been... dealt with. Lobotomized? For their own good. And to ensure a higher than average mortality rate. And to facilitate a subsequent autopsy here in your state-of-the-art morgue. All in the name of science, Dr. Mengel? I'm insulted! No, I imagine you're flattered. That's the thing about the war. It's never really over. The armistice lights switch on overhead, and victory and peace are declared. But all the Nazis and their capitalist sympathizers scattered like cockroaches on a kitchen floor. You can only step on so many in one fell swoop. The rest bide their time under the icebox in the stove. When they emerge, it's inevitably to resume their preoccupations. I have a colleague who is fond of claiming success as rooting out evil like crabgrass from the Dichondra. Perhaps that's my lot in life. I find yourself righteous, holier than thou arrogant attitude, distasteful. How dare you threaten me, Mr. Swan? You and your thousand-dollar suit. I'll have you know my work has been sanctioned at the highest levels. I believe you, but I really don't care. Say, do you have any of your tools of the trade here in your office? Perhaps a leucotome and a mallet? Don't touch my things! I'll have you leave now, sir. Oh, my. Whatever is the matter, Dr. Foley? I can't move my legs. Let's place the telephone over here on the file cabinet, shall we? Ah, here we go. One rubber mallet, and... Is this an ice pick? Crude, but effective, I suspect. You've drugged me? How? With the cigarette? I can't raise my arms. Some paralytics have that effect. Don't worry. I have a deft hand. You can't do this, Swan! I already have, sir. One cockroach at a time. How about a little background noise to set the mood?
Don't you move, mister. What you're feeling against the back of your skull is the business end of a pistol, and I will shoot you if need be. Mind if I smoke? I do mind, sir. Put those cigarettes back in your pocket. Now, what I want you to do is to slide across the seat and sit behind the wheel of your car Let me stop you right there, young woman. I don't have the keys to this vehicle on my person. I have a driver. Did you kill him? No! No one was in the car. It was unlocked. Don't turn around. I said to get- Is that your son? Do I look old enough to have a son his age? A certain percentage of human females achieve reproductive fertility at the early onset of puberty. He's my brother. What's wrong with him? He's been drugged. Now will you please quit talking and turn back around? Is he a patient at the hospital? Not anymore, he's not. Ah, I see. You're busting him out. What was he? One of the guinea pigs in Ward 6? Never you mind. Your pistol's not even loaded. But mine is. It's better you go ahead and shoot us both because the only way Timmy's going back inside that Nazi worship in hellhole is over my dead body. I'll keep that in mind. Does he suffer from auditory hallucinations? How did you... Hear radio signals that nobody else can hear? How could you possibly... Are you one of those government doctors? No. Please, sir. Don't turn us in. Any other forms of hallucinations? There are, aren't there? What? What are they? Timmy says he can see people in their true skins. Insect people? Gray beings with big eyes? Little green men? How did you know that? And others, too. He says they're from outer space. Extraterrestrials and human camouflage. He's not alone in his delusions. There are others who I can pursue- No, There are others just like him in every darn loony bin there is from sea to shining sea. See that man walking toward us? That's Phillips, my driver. He was a sniper during the war. If you don't want to invoke his ire, I suggest you pop out that panel behind you and conceal yourself and your brother in the trunk. That's the only way you'll be able to get through the security gate. If they search the car... They won't. Not my car. Why should I trust you? You can't trust me. And I would advise you not to. But I don't see as if you have another choice. Here. If it will make you feel any better, take my gun. But for your own sake, I suggest you wait to shoot me until after we pass through the gate. <gasps> They've discovered my brother isn't in his bed. Or that the hospital administrator has been lobotomized. Phillips will be here in seconds. I will shoot you if I you- I know you've already told me. Save your threats, conceal yourself and your brother. Fish or cut bait, young woman. Your choice. My name is Becky. My name is Swan. And over the shortwave radio, Phillips. Sorry, sir. I was just passing the time in the sunshine. Drive, Captain. Let's get out of here. What were you listening to, Phillips? It's kind of addictive after a while, you know, sir? And strangely soothing. The signal is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Randazzo. 
written by Cassandra Wells. Produced by Fred Greenhalge and Marco Palmieri. Directed by Charlie Randazzo. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Perry King, Marta Cross, Adam J. Smith, Tracy Winters, Time Winters, Harry Gawillam, Tom Beyer, Jeff Blumberg, Mark Irvingson, Jackson Gawillam, and Jennifer Taub. Sound design and editing by Charlie Randazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. Production coordinator, Angela Yee. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.